Hi, welcome to another episode of 100% Real with Steph. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you are all doing well, and I hope you all had a very fun and festive Christmas, and I hope that you spend it with loved ones. Well, we're finally here. We're finally at the last week of 2021. I just can't believe how fast this year flew by compared to 2020. And I feel, I always feel that during the week between, you know, after Christmas and before New Year's is like the weirdest week of all time because it feels like like what should I do what what time is it does time even exist should I should I go to work should I not go to work should I like who am I (laughs) you know so it's just like a weird week and I'm sure once a new year's day pass you know we'll pretty much get back to normal but I hope you are all are enjoying this time um and it's that time of year again to talk about my top favorite shows of 2021 and I'm sure this year I'm sure you've seen a lot of great shows um I know there was squid game or squid game um that came out this year um just a disclaimer uh squid game is not on this list uh because I have not seen it yet but I will Put that on my list for next year so i think with squid game um i think because of the the violence and gore like i'm just i have to mentally prepare myself to to watch it but i will eventually um come to it and i'm sure i will make it on the list next year um and i know narcos mexico just came out recently um so far I have not seen Narcos um I heard it's really good though um someone I know was telling me that it's a really great show and that I have to watch all of Narcos in order to watch Narcos Mexico um in order to understand like what's going on and like the characters and things like that um and the whole storyline so um but I think with Narcos I think I don't know. I think it's a violent show. I haven't seen it. I mean, I I don't do well with super violent shows, but again, I will make that on my list uh, for next year. Um, And what other good shows came out this year? So I know if you're a Marvel fan, I know like WandaVision came out, Loki came out, um, The Winter Soldier and the Falcon, What If... um, yeah it's yeah there's like you know there's Shit's creek i mean i haven't seen that show yet i mean that show i think it ended last year but i haven't come around to it and there's also emily in paris season two came out very recently like a couple days ago i've seen the first season i still need to watch a second season so i know already 2022 is gonna be lit already with these shows that I'm going to watch so um so for this episode I'm gonna rank my top six shows of this year um 
and so just a disclaimer again um a couple of these shows um either came out last year or a couple years prior so not all of them are super new or like came out this year but the majority are are new um that came out in 2021 so i will be counting down and um let you know what is the number one favorite show this year so can you take a guess who is the number one show or what is the number one show of 2021 Alrighty, so stay tuned welcome back to 100% real with stuff Alrighty, so here we go so i will now be counting down uh or ranking the top favorite shows of this year so starting off at number six is selena the series so i think the show came out a couple years ago or like last year uh, but season two of the show came out last december but i didn't start watching this show until i think it was april or may of this year um so with this show uh for me it started off pretty slow like watching season one so pretty much season one of the show is um pretty much the backstory with with selena the singer and you know from her humble beginnings you know to you know for her you know her dad you know um having for the dad to you know have the kids start a band and him being the manager of that band and i mean pretty much to uh, make ends meet and um and selena's dad you know saw the talent and potential in selena and so pretty much selena and los dinos were basically the breadwinners um to make those ends meet and then you know the first season you see selena you know her rise um in her career you know just starting out small you know performing in small venues uh small little outdoor concerts um and to you know um i think you know like i said rising in her her career um and then season two of selena um which i personally think is better than season one um you know pretty much is like you know her relationship you know with her her husband chris um you know how they met and you know that that romance evolved and um you know pretty much you know selena hits the the peak in her fame and her career um and then unfortunately you know we all know how the show selena is is gonna end you know because selena was tragically um killed by yolanda um so i think what i liked about the show is that there were just some things about selena that i never knew before like i knew that selena you know as a child was in you know in los dinos but you kind of also see like selena just being a regular 
you know, a regular kid, a regular teenager going to high school, you know, having these crushes. Um, so it was, it was nice seeing that. Um, and I know there was like criticism, um, when the show came out about the actress, um, playing Selena, cause people were criticizing that Selena, that actress didn't look like Selena or didn't have the body figure like Selena did. Um, but I think I understand why they chose this actress to play Selena. And I think because it's of the personality and, you know, if you're a Selena fan or if you've seen Selena, Selena, Selena was known to be very sweet. Um, and to be, and she was very sweet with their fans. So, um, you know, I, so I kind of, I understand why they chose the actress because I think their personalities, um, meshed really well. And, um, but overall, I mean, just walk, watching the second season and watching, you know, the, the last episodes of season two, um, uh, it was pretty emotional because like, I already knew what was going to happen. Um, but I really liked how the actress that played Selena just pretty much made it her own interpretation of Selena. And it wasn't like a copycat from like JLo's, you know, Selena movies. So that's what I liked about the show. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's, it's pretty good. Um, like I said, it was pretty slow in the beginning. So, um, but I think with Selena's music too, it also brought back, you know, childhood memories when I used to listen to Selena, uh, and I still do, but, you know, even as a kid, when my parents would play it on the radio or, you know, just hearing it, you know, at the swamp meets when I was, you know, going with my parents. Uh, so it was just, it was nice. It was, it brought back good memories. And at number five is another Latin pop star, and it is Luis Miguel, the series. And this show uh, originally came out in 2018, but the second season, I'm sorry, the third season came out uh, October of this year. Um, so I think I started watching this show like back in July, August. Um, so I've heard about this show a while back and I was just a little iffy uh, about watching it, but I heard from a cousin like she watched it and she said it was really good so I'm like all right I'm gonna watch it give it a try I just watching this show just brought back so many memories of you know I remember like being in the car um with my aunt and she would always play Luis Miguel so um so pretty much with the show it starts off with Luis's Luis's childhood and his you know his family his dad Luisito Rey and um Marcela his mom and his little brother um so it, you know they come from you know humble beginnings that the dad Luisito Rey you know he was 
a singer in his own right. He had his career in music. Um, you know, the family was trying to make ends meet and Luisito Rey saw his son, Luis Miguel, or, you know, the nickname that they would call him is Mickey. So his dad saw the, the, the talent and potential that his son has. And so if, if you're a Luis Miguel fan, you know that Luis or Mickey had, um, his career started, like, I think at age 12, 11 or 12, um, so if you are a fan of Luis Miguel, there is, there is a lot of nostalgia when watching the show. Um, and I mean, for me, I've known about Luis Miguel through my mom, my aunt. Um, so I'm familiar with the music, you know, from the 90s, you know, moving forward. And, you know, I think just the whole backstory, too, with his family, um, with his mom, um, who's been missing, um, for over 30 years now. Um, and I think the show also centers around that too. Um, and, you know, with Louise's, you know, private life, you know, his relationships, um, you know, his children. Um, and so, I think what I really liked about the show is that, you know, I thought the acting was great. Um, Diego Boneta, who plays Luis Miguel, did a really amazing job. He really put soul into the character. He really embodied Luis Miguel. Um, and I was fortunately enough to watch Luis Miguel uh, in concert a few years ago. I took my mom. Um, it was her mother's, no, it was her birthday gift. Um, and so I was lucky, we were lucky enough to see him in, in concert in person. And I know my mom has told me that she's seen Luis Miguel in concert when he was a teenager. So, it, I mean, it brought back, you know, memories. Um, so I, I think the acting too from all the actors in the show was really great. Um, and another thing that I also want to mention, because um, Luis Miguel, like, the language is set in Spanish, and when it comes to, like, foreign television shows, especially when it comes to, like, shows from Mexico or, you know, like, Spain, I like watching the show in its original language, because... I just find it so weird watching the show with like English dubs, um, but yeah, I, I, I just want to add that because a couple of shows that I will be mentioning on this list is um, Spanish language uh, shows. So that show is at number five. So before I move on to the list, I just want to make a, a correction. Um, so when I introduced Luis Miguel, um, the TV show, I said that Luis Miguel was another Latin pop star. Uh, I want to make the correction because Selena, the singer, was known for Queen of Tejano music. 
so she didn't do pop um and then Luis Miguel has done like boleros mariachi and all that so I just want to make that very clear so move on moving on to the list um so the next show at number four and this is for the Marvel fans so if you're a Marvel fan if you're listening raise your hand give me a woohoo um we have WandaVision so like I said if you're a Marvel fan and if you're into the Marvel you know multiverse um so we have Wanda and then we have Vision and we have other characters like Agatha um and we have other characters that have appeared in other Marvel movies I totally forgot their names sorry but um so with WandaVision um I've heard about it you know my brother's seen it and I've saw WandaVision I think it was earlier this year and from my understanding of the show like when I've seen previews of it my thought was like oh it's gonna be like a sitcom um and that's the way the show starts out it starts off like a sitcom and then but really the whole premise of the show is that Wanda creates this reality because if if you've seen Marvel if you've seen like you know the Avengers um you know the vision vision dies you know so but Wanda creates this reality where vision is a life and she envisions creates this reality where they get married they have kids uh, so it's her her universe right um so in the the show as the episodes go on you know from the first episode second third it starts off like in, in decades so the first episode set in the 50s second is in the 60s third one 70s um and eventually you know it gets set into the you know the the 90s like Malcolm in the middle and they even do like a modern family type spinoff um so I think it was very I, I thought it was really cool you know it's it's not what I expected it to be because I thought it was just gonna be like oh it's gonna be like a 50 sitcom theme but um and I thought it was really emotional at the end um for those who've who've seen WandaVision I mean I you know if you guys watched the ending I I cried so I thought it was pretty emotional so and I'm actually excited because if you've seen Spider-Man No Way Home and if you've seen the end credits and I'm sure by now you've seen the previews for Doctor Strange 2, um, Wanda is, <coughs> or Scarlet Witch is gonna be, you know, Doctor Strange 2. So even Doctor Strange 2 looks really cool. So, um, so yeah, WandaVision is at number four. And at number three, we have another Marvel favorite. It is Loki. And I 
was really pleasantly surprised by this show because when I heard about a Loki show, I was excited, but I was a little iffy because Loki is one of my favorite Marvel characters. Um, and I actually didn't start watching this show, I think until like maybe late June, early July. So here's the thing, when it comes to TV shows, like people will watch it right away, like when a new series comes out. And for me, it takes me like a month or two, even a year, a couple years to, to get into the show. So anyways, I thought it was a really great show and you know just to have like Tom Hiddleston back as Loki was awesome so uh and I thought the chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson's uh characters really meshed really well um and I just you know, it's just like, you know, it gives a side of Loki that, you know, Loki's known for being mischievous. Um, but it, it gives, you know, I think for me, it made me like sympathize with Loki, uh, in a way, even though he's supposedly like a villain. Um, but it was, it was funny. It was emotional. Um, it was also, I thought it was philosophical th too, you know, with the whole like, multiverse, you know, the TVA, um, the multiple realities and things like that. So, um, I thought it was a really great show. Uh, and that means, I mean, I know what if also came out around the same time as Loki or a little bit after Loki, um, that is on my list to watch. Um, so, and I know Hawkeye also came out recently, but I feel like I have to see Black Widow first in order to watch Hawkeye, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of Marvel homework to do. So, so Loki is at number three and <clears throat> so we're at the next two, um, or the top two of my top favorite TV shows of this year. And this was a little hard where to rank these two shows. I was so undecided where to place which one because um, I thought both shows were equally, equally good. And, um, but you know, there's this one show that I think leaves you um, emotional and makes you reflect. So, you know, I would place these two shows at number one. I totally would. But at number two, okay, is Money Heist, part five, um, or season five, part one and part two. So if I did a, when I did my episode of my top shows of 2020, I did place Money Heist on number one, but Money Heist is at number two. So I, I mean, for those who know me, I love Money Heist. I think it's an amazing show. Um, it's one of the best shows that I've, I've seen. Um, 
and you know with money heist part five um i had been waiting forever for part five to come out so when i found out that part five was coming out in september i was like so excited um and you know i think it it was emotional to watch and then what i really enjoyed about money heist is you know watching these characters evolve and I think it also you know even though it's like a heist like it made me feel like you know they were like a family you know the, the group and it, it made me feel like part of that family so um I will say though at the end of part like season five part one um it was emotional I cried um I'm not going to spoil it if for those who haven't seen it um However, um, I will say that I wish they didn't do that. I wish the producers or writers, whatever, didn't do that to that one specific character. So if you watch it or have watched it, you know what I mean. So I will say that. Um, but part two uh, was really good. Um, I think it was a was a grand finale for for Money Heist and um, I was really hoping there would be another season but you know I think if there wasn't going to be any like character any more like character development with the characters or any like story development I like understand why like they wouldn't end Money Heist you know at part five um, however they are going to do a spin-off uh, show of Money Heist um, with Berlin so um, in a lot of season 5 and the other seasons I, but I think more of season 5 you see a lot more of Berlin and pretty much the backstory of Berlin of Professor and um, you know because they're brothers in the show um, pretty much their background of how they got into the, the whole Money Heist thing um, and it was pretty much like a family business, a family thing because their dad did heist. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I would have loved to see more, you know, seasons of Money Heist and, you know, it's be become a global sens sensation. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see the Berlin one and I wonder if, um, if a professor will come out in that one. So that is number two of the TV shows. Okay, so the number one favorite TV show of 2021 is, and can I get a drum roll, please? It is. Patria. Patria is one of the best shows that I've seen this year. Um, it is a show on HBO. It's actually a miniseries. And it's actually based on the book by um, Fernando, and I'm going to mess up the last name. It's Adam Adamboro. Um, so basically what it, it is a show um, set in the Basque country in 
northern Spain. Um, so basically what this show is about is that the show is set in like 2010 and it centers around a character, uh, Biotri, and, um, she's like in her like late sixties. Um, and so she has come, she's pretty much been reflecting like the last, like, you know, 20 years, um, because 20 years prior, her husband was murdered um, by an ETA um, or ETA uh, terrorist group. And if you don't know what ETA is, they're a boss terrorist group who have been uh, fighting for independence from Spain um, for a really long time. And I think that group um, dismantled, I think, like in 2010. But... Um, anyways, it, it centers around these two families, so Biotri and her family, and then Meren, who is or was Biotri's best friend and her family. So these families, um, knew each other for a long time. They all got along very well. They were neighbors, um, and Biotri's husband and Meren's husband were, like, best friends also, um. So it wasn't until that Biotri's husband was killed that there was conflict and, and tension and separation between uh, both families. And Biotri moved away from her little town. And it wasn't until like 20 years later she decides to move back. Um, and basically, you know, what Biotri's, you know, goal or, or mission is pretty much to you know, reconcile and forgive who, whoever killed, um, her husband. And, um, you know, so I think with this show, I mean, how I first heard about it, um, I think as I was watching another like show and then the commercial for this show, Padria came up and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Um, and so, I think for me in the beginning the show started off really slow and then it started picking up and then um in the show there's a lot of like it it sets in the present day but there's a lot of like going back you know flashbacks um to the early 90s um so I mean pretty much you know each character in the show in the show whether it was like a big role or a minor role they all had a significant part uh, to play, um, especially, you know, because each character dealt with conflict and tragedy in their lives. And um, in the end of the show, uh, you know, I, I think to me, for me, like one of the big themes of the show is one is culture and identity. Um, so the Basque country is his own you know, country completely different from Spain. They have their own culture, their own, their own, like, identity. They don't consider themselves, like, Spanish or, like, French um, because it's located up in northern Spain on the border of France. Um, and so, you know, with, with the Basques, they've been trying to preserve their culture and their language. Um, 
and it's very unique you know I think I got to re- read more about um the Basque history and and their language and it's just such a unique culture that's so different um it doesn't even stem from you know a Latin you know heritage or like a Spanish heritage it's it's just so unique um and Basque is actually one of the hardest languages to learn um I actually tried learning it and it's it's hard so but I'm gonna keep practicing so um but I think also another thing too that was occurring was a theme of forgiveness and you know even though you know Biotri you know she would reconcile with some of you know Meren's uh, family members or like they would see each other and and they would um you know just act like the good old days you know before you know the tragedy happened um with Biotri's husband um but in the whole entire show you don't see Meren or Biotri interact at all like the only times they'll like interact is like when you see like flashbacks um uh, you know when they were like getting along and things like that um but I think too I think I mean I don't want to spoil the show but like in the last episode at the very end I was kind of like what that's it um that's that's all you know um but I think once I like started thinking about show the show and reflecting on it uh, I think it gave a powerful message of um you can forgive someone um without even saying anything um or you know without saying a a single word like you can see that person that that hurt you or you have uh not talked to in a while but you can still forgive them um even after so many years later and so I thought that was a very um powerful message and I think this show I started watching this show um I think during a time in my life where I kind of related to the storyline of Biotri and Meren's like two families like not speaking to each other but you know I think we all come in situations where you know something happened between us between family or like between friends um colleagues you know and we drift away um and you know, I think that's, it's just one of those shows that been stuck on my mind, um, this, this year. And, um, I think the show was, you know, I think it, it really, you know, stuck, struck a chord, you know, and, um, you know, it, like I said, it's one of those shows that makes you, makes you like pause and reflect. And, um, I thought all of the actors did an amazing job with their roles and, the soundtrack was amazing um if you um get a chance uh the soundtrack is uh available like on spotify um but yeah so um that is the number one show of 2021 um i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um i will also be including Uh, the links for the shows like where you can watch them Um, and I would love to hear from you 
what your favorite shows were in 2021 and also let me know what you think about this episode um please feel free to listen on spotify or apple podcasts um please feel free to leave a review like let me know how i'm doing like any feedback is very much appreciated and feel free to follow me uh um on instagram at 100 real with steph feel free to dm me um let me know what you think about this episode uh in this in the comments um and if there's any like particular topic that you would like to hear um that you would like for me to speak about please let me know please feel free to message me um other than that that is it for today i again i hope you enjoyed this episode and i hope you all have a very happy new year have a good one bye bye